Hello and welcome to RVing Dads, Season 2, Episode 3. This is Todd Muller, sitting next to my partner here. Dustin Dinkins. So hello Dustin, it is good to see you. Great to see you as well, Todd. Alright, today we're talking about internet. Oh, my favorite topic in the world. Yes, this is a hot topic for, for well, for everybody, but especially for RVers. How do you get internet when you're traveling down the road? Uh, it's a very important topic, so we'll get into it. So, what is the RVing Dads podcast? Well, the RVing Dads podcast is what you're listening to. It is the ramblings of Dustin and I. We have uh, quite a few years of experience traveling full-time in RVs with our families. So, we like to share some of our stories and, and sit around a campfire, maybe maybe have some bourbon and have some beer. So, as always, we are sponsored by Full-Time Families. You can check them out at fulltimefamilies.com. Also sponsoring this episode is Nomadic Souls Gear. So, Dustin, what is Nomadic Souls Gear? Well, let me set up a story for you here. So, are you ever find yourself sitting around a campfire? You meet someone cool, like, you know, me, for instance, right? Right, right. And you're thinking, wow, this is a really cool cat. Um, But I know in the morning I'm totally going to forget their name. And uh, I wish I had, you know, some way to record who this person is. Um, I've actually done that many times. I wake up the next morning. I'm like, wow, that person, that family that I met at the campfire was really great. I wish I could sync up with them. I want to meet up with them. Uh, well, Nomadic Souls Gear has this campfire guest book, which is pretty awesome, by the way. Uh, check it out at nomadicsoulsgear.com and a uh, way to record uh, some, uh, some guests that you uh, meet while you're traveling. Right. So if we just met tonight, would you have me sign your guest book? Uh, maybe on the second page, Todd. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Fair enough. <laughs> so, our setting. What are we doing tonight, Dustin? Well, we're sitting in a clam um, on new chairs. That's pretty exciting. Yes. We both got new chairs. Yeah. Coincidentally, both of our chairs broke um, around the same time. I don't know if we sit in our chairs too often or what. But I was going to say, we might sit in our chairs a little too often. But uh, it's nice. There's no bugs in the clam, and we have some lights strung up. And uh, we have a fan set up because uh, it is summertime. So, uh, yeah. It is. All right. Internet. So let's talk about internet today, Todd. And I feel like we need to make a disclaimer that we are not experts. Uh, but we do have some experience. So let's just share from our experiences. Uh, I've been on the road probably seven years now. I lost count after a while. Right. You've been on the road. Coming up on... Five years. Five years. So 12 years? We'll call four, it 12 years. Four and a half years. Four, yeah. Okay. <laughs> 11 and a half or 12 years combined. Um, that's a lot of experience. I'd, I'd roll with that. Um, but, you know, you right. get what you pay for. So it's a free podcast, right? Yeah, exactly. So you get free advice. Okay. Um, but maybe the more important question is, why is this an important topic, Internet? Right. So Internet is huge. Um, I know for me, one of the only reasons I am able to travel full time is that I can work from my RV. And to work from my RV, I need to be on the phone and I need be on the internet constantly (laughs) so this is a need not a want yeah this is not a want um you know i spend probably half my day uh on video conference calls and i'm sure you do as well i do yeah i work nine to five um you know doing a a a job and i do a lot of video calls i'm on the internet constantly so having a good source of internet while on the road is is i would say probably the single most important factor in me being able to be on the road yeah absolutely and i'll even say it's changed i know when i first hit the road 
most of my conference calls were on the phone, which was great because I could get phone service just about anywhere. Um, but it's morphed over the last two to three years. It's kind of changed for me, I know. And I spend a lot more time on video calls. Uh, so it is it is critical. Not only that, but uh, education, right? Yeah, we're, you know, we're, we both uh, are dads. We have families, uh, which means we have kids. Um, I have four kids in school. We homeschool all of them. And a lot of their education is online. The research they do is online. I don't think they could really do their education without internet. How about yep. yours? Yep, same thing. Um, all three of my kids obviously are homeschooled. They all take online classes. My oldest is in dual enrolled. Actually, she's taking college classes, so she needs internet for that as well. So, uh, unfortunately, that is another critical piece of the, the internet puzzle. And then... When we're getting away from the, the work and the schooling, what else is there? Well, if, yeah, if you move from those needs to the wants, um, I don't have a babysitter on the road, uh, <laughs> but instead I use uh, uh, television and uh, entertainment. Uh, so we use the internet a lot for entertaining, uh, whether it be for uh, games and gaming or uh, watching movies and, and television. So, yeah, that's we use it. I'd hate to guess a number because I might be surprised by how much it is. Yeah, I, I say same for us. We use it constantly between uh, Netflix and Hulu and, and AT&T TV and HBO Max and, and all the all the TV streaming services um, and also for gaming. You know, we have an Xbox. All my kids have, have laptops they like to game on, so... Yeah, and my kids like to play uh, Minecraft with their friends, and of course that's only possible if we have a good internet connection. So, um, yeah, that's that's definitely a good want. And you know, one of the the other wants that we see a lot uh, more recently is being connected with our families. Um, now that technology has kind of advanced a bit more, uh, and we can video call for work, it's nice to have video calls with family, with grandparents, with uh, aunts and uncles and cousins. And so that's really been great to to keep the family connection alive whether we're in montana or florida it doesn't matter we can still connect with our family for sure and if i couldn't log into my my mother's computer at least once a week to fix it i don't know what she would do so. <laughs> oh that's funny <laughs> <laughs> why don't why don't we talk a little bit about choices so when we're when we're traveling there's there's a limited number of places you can get internet from um you know, I guess one of the basic ones, and we'll, we'll dive a little bit more into each of these, but you have park Wi-Fi. So if you're staying in an RV park, a lot of parks have Wi-Fi available. Some of them are free and included, and some of them you have to pay for. You, you know, Todd, this is probably the one of the top questions I see in all the internet forums, like the Facebook forums. For, for newer full-timers, they always ask, how do I connect to the park Wi-Fi? How can I stream the park Wi-Fi? Is it good? Um, if you were to sum up park wi-fi in a couple words what would you say i can do it in one word terrible <laughs> i was actually i had another word in mind but i don't think i can say it on the family friendly podcast um but yeah i've tried park wi-fi too many times i've bought all the devices to boost park wi-fi and stream it in my coach and my my rv and i've given up i don't even try park wi-fi at any park i go to anymore yeah i rarely do too the only time i will is if my my kids want to do something and I need the, the internet for a period of time, I might get them on it. What I have done actually is, uh, I mentioned that Xbox, and uh, anyone who has an Xbox, or I'm sure a PlayStation is the same, uh, you need to update it occasionally, and it's very <laughs> large updates. So there are times when, you know, when I'm getting ready to go to bed, I'll 
go out and I'll connect my Xbox to the park Wi-Fi and I'll I'll hit update and uh, over the next eight to eight to nine hours uh, it might download you know a megabyte or two but at least it gets something on there <laughs> <laughs> and, and I found that park Wi-Fi is just limited by the number of people using it right they have usually a, a campground will have one decent internet connection but they're they're sharing it across 30 RVs or 50 RVs and there's just so many people using internet now that it's unusable um, in most places occasionally I'll find a park where I'm the only person there or there's one or two yeah. people and and that might be the exception but um, overall it's just not even worth the effort anymore yeah I agree there's been a couple of times where we've been traveling in a colder area or we're or someplace where we're the only one or there's there's two RVs in the whole park and actually then the, the Wi-Fi will be somewhat responsive that's the only time it's not reliable it's not dependable uh, if you want to travel and work on the road I would just cross park Wi-Fi right off of your uh, your list yeah and another one that um, I've frequently crossed off the list another choice for internet is uh, satellite mm-hmm. so uh, satellites kind of made a resurgent recently but um, I, I haven't used it personally I, I have friends that that use it um, they set up a little dish out in the field and connect it and I guess they get pretty good service um, it's very expensive expensive okay very expensive and and there's a, a lot of lag time so there's a there's a definite delay going all the way up to that satellite and back so it's pretty much unusable for things like gaming where you need a, a low ping time oh, yeah. um, but you can get it anywhere you can get it anywhere and actually one of the exciting things right now I know that I'm watching closely is there are some some new satellite services that may be coming out soon um, Starlink's the biggest one that I know of mm-hmm. uh, Starlink has permission they're, they're owned by SpaceX uh, they've been launching satellites into low orbit and their claim is uh, that by the within the next year or two there's going to be service uh, in the northern states first and then spreading throughout the world and their claim is that because it's low orbit, it's going to be low ping time, and it's going to be comparable to a cellular internet connection. That could be revolutionary. I'll be looking forward to that. Yeah, especially if that's available anywhere. That would completely open up where we travel to. And, um, you know, I'm sure you've had the same experience. There's sometimes we get someplace, and there's just no internet, and I can't work there, so we got to turn around, hook back up, and, and go down the road until we find some place where we can't connect. It, it really might seem funny, but when I look for places to RV, where I'm going to bring my family, where we're going to uh, camp for a week or two, I have to look at the internet service. Um, if, it, if there's no service, I just simply can't go there um, because I can't work. I can't do my, my daily life. So um, the new satellite would be would be fantastic. Cause I, let's go anywhere we want and still have a solid connection. So what what is the the big choice that we're leaving out here? Well, maybe two. Two. Okay. We'll start with the the lesser of the. the okay. Two. And then we got the big one, right? Okay. So the lesser two is coffee shops. Oh, right? or, of course. Or, or anywhere, really, now that has, most stores have, have internet available. Um, my personal favorite is most breweries have, have internet available. So nice. nothing like going out in the afternoon and heading down to the brewery and doing a little work while I have a pint or two. Yeah, I, I was recently in Arizona, and that was my day. I started out at a coffee shop. I moved to a, uh, a burger restaurant that had good Wi-Fi, and then I ended um, at a brewery. Of course, no beers ingested until the workday was over. Of course. But I uh, had good, steady Wi-Fi all day long, and, uh, and that was fun. But um, coffee shops are definitely a good way. In fact, we have a good podcast about coffee, if you haven't heard it. Yes, we do. On, on that topic, actually, just a quick anecdote, not to bore anybody, but uh, my family and I spent some, some time in Chahalas, uh 
the Chihalas Thousand Trails Park in Washington, the state of Washington. And the internet service was absolutely terrible. So my day, every day, we were there for a week, and we had family visiting us, so it wasn't possible for us just to pick up and move. We had family staying in cabins there. Every day was me hooking up, grabbing my laptop, and driving into town. And uh, in the early morning, I sat outside of, of a Starbucks, and I could grab their Wi-Fi, and I worked from there. Um, then as things slowed down and, and people stopped coming in for coffee, I'd go inside and work for a while. Uh, in the afternoon, I'd, I'd go to one of the local fast food places, and I'd, and I'd eat my lunch, and I'd use their Wi-Fi. And I did that for a week. It was no fun, but uh, it got the job done. Yeah, I, I have so many stories on this. and um, I actually had the cops checking me out one day. I was <laughs> I was at this really small town, and the only place that had free Wi-Fi was a, a Hardee's restaurant. Um, it was somewhere out west, or I, I forget where, but... Um, but yeah, they were concerned because I was parked outside of this restaurant with my laptop for many hours, and right. so the police officers had to come in and ask why I was why I was there. But uh, you know, funny story, uh, all, all turned out well. Um, but there's so many times where I'm limited by my internet connection. So um, I think I have a good grasp on internet now um, because I use cellular internet. Yep, and that's the big one: cellular, mobile internet. Uh, that is, right now, that's kind of the the primary internet for, for me, and I'm sure for Dustin and for most full-timers. Absolutely. So, um, cellular internet, yeah. So that would be the big carriers like Verizon and AT&T and, and that. Okay. Yep. So let's, let's actually talk a little bit about the providers. So I think that's a big question a lot of, of people have is, what's the best service to have? So first off, and I'm, I'm sure... You've read this if you've really done any research on it, but if internet is absolutely critical to you, you can't get just one. Um, now, my personal opinion is Verizon may have the best service, but I have been in plenty of locations where my Verizon had nothing and my AT&T did. So if I didn't have both, I would not have service. Um, yeah, I, I think internet services are like um, like Oreos. You can't really just eat one. Um. <laughs> yep. Um, and then, you know, just talking about Verizon, AT&T, and then T-Mobile and Sprint have kind of lagged far behind up until recently. I think T-Mobile is really starting to get into the game. They've bought a lot of a lot of bandwidth, and now they're merging with Sprint. So while I don't have T-Mobile or Sprint at this time, I do think they're going to be a viable third choice in the very near future. Yeah, so what are the choices? So if I was launching on the road, um, I might see a lot of names I'm not familiar with. So maybe we could start listing off some of these um, so obviously Verizon is a big one, AT&T is a big one, T-Mobile is a big one, Sprint is a possibility. What are some other ones, Todd? So there's, a, there's other smaller companies out there, um, and I can't remember the, the, what they're actually called, but they're resellers, and they're reselling one of the big ones, right? They're usually reselling AT&T, Verizon, or T-Mobile. Um, so when you see one of those other ones, you usually got to research a little bit and try to figure out what they're using. And, and usually for me, the, the telltale is when you look at their coverage map. Yeah. You, you can just match it right up with, the, with, with one of the big providers. Yeah, so um, some of the names that you might see, uh, Visible is one. Uh, you'll see that um, on a lot of the RVing forums, Visible is popular. Um, what are some others? Well, let's talk about, as far as Visible goes, Visible is Verizon. Yep. Okay. They, are, they are owned by Verizon, and they are Verizon's prepaid service. Okay. What about um, Google Fi? Google Fi. So I, I was very excited about Google Fi when I first heard about it. 
They actually use them all, as far as I understand. Right, they have. Well, they use T-Mobile and U.S. Cellular and a couple smaller ones. Oh, it is okay. Yeah. Oh, that U.S. Cellular is another one. Yeah, there you go. U.S. Cellular. That's a, 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 I would say, a distant, distant. Yeah, in, in some rural areas, it works well. Yep. Um, is it? Does AT and T have a prepaid? I yes. You're putting <laughs> me on the spot here, Mr. Dank, because I don't know what it is. But yes, I'm sure AT and T has a. Okay, they has they all have other offshoots. So basically, I think what we're trying to say is, you're going to look at one of the major three carriers, and um, you can either buy directly from them or one of the resellers, uh, whether prepaid or postpaid. But it's a reseller uh, of the major carriers. So maybe we should, you know, now that we've talked through the choices. Let's just talk about what we have as our scenarios and what works well for us over, in, you know, over the last couple of years. You want to start? Sure, absolutely. So um, mine has changed a little bit over the years as to what we have. Um, but we haven't, we haven't, and actually before we jump into these, you know, one thing I should say is it is rare to be able to find a truly unlimited internet plan. A lot of the, the big carriers, they say, oh yeah, it's unlimited, but it's really not all that unlimited because once you hit 20, 20 gigabytes or so of usage, they're going to slow you way down. Isn't that so funny? It, it infuriates me, to be honest, when someone says it's unlimited, but it's not. Like, unlimited to me means I can download as much data as I want, but if you read the fine prints on all the current carriers, it's 15, 30, 20 megabyte, or gigabytes, and I don't know about you, but my kids could eat that up in one day. Yeah, absolutely. And when you're looking at limits, there's a, there's a key distinction, right? So some of the carriers, when you hit their limit, they are going to slow you down, right? They're going to, and it'll say right in the paperwork, right? You'll have full LTE access until you hit 20 gigabytes, and they're going to slow you down to, to 3G speeds. Or, I would avoid or those. 1G speeds. Right, or 1G speeds. Or 1G speeds, <laughs> exactly. Um, now, the other option is, and, and some of the carriers are starting to do this now, is they will just deprioritize you. What that means is if you're on a, a uh, cellular tower that is congested and there's a lot of traffic on it, you're going to be deprioritized behind the other users. So you might be slow in that situation. But if you're on a, a tower all by yourself or with just a couple of people, uh, you're gonna have no problem. And I know for us, that makes a big difference because when we travel, a lot of times we're in smaller towns, so I'm not gonna ever be deprioritized because there's just not a lot of people there. Yeah. Um, so anyway, back to, to, to what we use. I have a, I was able to grab a uh, Verizon grandfathered unlimited plan, and this goes back four or five years. Wow, this seems like, uh pretty amazing tell me more about it <laughs> unfortunately from what i understand they're not available anymore but these were verizon plans that kind of started back when mobile internet kind of kicked off and verizon had these unlimited plans and what people do is they kept them and kept them and kept them and then they would resell them you know and and i think the market has mostly dried up and i don't think really you can get them anymore but when i bought mine it was used and i paid uh, i want to say i paid 850 dollars for it simply because it was unlimited and I knew I could use it as much as I wanted. Um, now the scary thing is, you know, Verizon's kind of caught on and uh, they've been kind of watching people who are abusing their old unlimited plans and they'll shut you down. So, you know, if you do have an unlimited plan, I'd just be careful with it. I have nothing to back this up other than hearsay and, and talk. You want to keep it under 200 gigabytes a month. Well, Todd, I sure hope Verizon isn't one of our listeners. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I we, hope not. We'll both be screwed. <laughs> Well, I do say, it, you know, that's one has probably been one of my most reliable connections over the past four and a half years. So it's worked really well. Um, I do limit, uh, I, I limit how much I use it just because I don't want to take, take advantage of it. So that's, that was one of my main sources. Then we were able to grab a, a AT&T Unlimited plan. And on the AT&T Unlimited plan, 
I have quite a few devices. I have a unlimited mobile hotspot, uh, which is truly unlimited. Uh, I can be deprioritized after 25 gigabytes, but uh, for the most part, I never am. On that plan, I have an unlimited iPad, and then uh, we have three or four cell phones that are also unlimited. So those devices can all connect to the internet all day long. Um, they are limited by their tethering, and uh, what tethering means is I can connect that phone to, say, my laptop, and I want to use it to, to give my, my laptop internet. Um, with those plans, unfortunately, you are limited to 10 gigabytes of tethering per device, except for the mobile hotspot, and that actually truly is unlimited. So we use that quite a bit. And then recently I've added kind of one more thing to my, my arsenal, if you will, is the visible plan you were mentioning earlier. Yeah. So the visible plan uh, has been great, and, and I would encourage you to go take a look at it. But Visible does offer true unlimited. Um, it is on Verizon. Uh, unfortunately, you are deprioritized just by being visible. If a Verizon customer, or I guess hundreds of Verizon customers, and you are on the same tower, you're going to come in, in line behind them. But uh, those are our main sources. I've, I had a T-Mobile plan for a while. Just didn't use it enough, so I wound up canceling it. Uh, you know, one thing I will mention, and, and I'm sure, Dustin, you can probably agree with this. Behind my truck my rv and my food bill internet is the most costly thing i have every month do you dare say how much <laughs> i i would say at this point i will keep it rough but to supply the internet to my family that we we need i'm 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 in the 400 to 450 dollars a month range okay so that seems like a lot if i was a new rver and looking to hit the road and i hear this uh this full-timer here todd tell me that he spends 400 to $450 a month on internet, that might be a bit surprising. Um, would, would you like to share what you, you pay per month? I spend 500 a month on mine. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, my wife uh, says we should probably start thin, thinning them down, but it really is addicting once you acquire a good internet source. You want to hold on to it. Absolutely. And then you want to get the next one and the next one and the next one. So... Um, yeah. So should I talk about mine? Let's. Yeah. So my primary internet, Todd, is is the same as yours. It's a, a Verizon grandfathered unlimited plan. Um, I did not buy my plan. It was bought by another family, and they rent it to us on a monthly basis. Uh, so I didn't have to spend the eight hundred dollars, but I do spend you know eighty or ninety dollars a month on it. Um, and so that's our primary plan. We do try to keep it under two or three hundred gigabytes, like you said, so we're not flagged. Even though we don't own the account, we, we do value it, so we want to keep it. And then uh, my secondary plan is a AT&T plan. Uh, they call it the home base plan. Yeah. It, I don't think it's offered anymore, but uh, AT&T offered it for a while. It's a fixed wireless plan with a little MiFi device. And uh, that gives us uh, another 250 gigabytes. So we use those as our primary plans. Great coverage. Uh, backing that up is a T-Mobile plan. And that's our go-to anytime we're international, Canada, Mexico, uh, or honestly anywhere that has T-Mobile service. We like to use it. It's really fast. It's never slow. Um, so we like that. That's our third choice. And then behind that is a visible plan. Visible's great. It's unlimited. I let the kids use it all the time. I use it whenever it, it's, it's good. Um, but one limitation we find with visible is it only works on dedicated Verizon towers. Right. So if it's a shared tower with multiple carriers, Visible probably doesn't work. So um, I would say maybe 10 or 20% of the locations where Verizon works, 
visible does not work, but the cost is so darn cheap, $25 a month. Um, I just could never get rid of it. Um, I, I honestly, I use that for my, my navigation device, um, next to my, my steering wheel, um, because it's unlimited. It always has data. And so that's great. I use that all the time. And then I got a bunch of other little data plans too, but those are my primary, uh, those are my primaries. Yeah. We spend 500, a little over $500 a month, which is probably too much. If I was going to do it again, I would probably use visible as my primary because it's so affordable and, um, and look for some other good backups that, that used uh, an AT&T and a T-Mobile. Yeah, it is, it is expensive, and if you're somebody who's thinking about hitting the road, you know, I would I would suggest you, you try to tie into the whole mobile internet world, like whatever you want to call it, and start watching as things come out because things do come out. Um, you know, a couple of years ago, the big thing was was the AT and T connected car plan. So AT and T offered a car plan that was supposed to plug into your car that was truly unlimited. Um, however, there was a device you could get, you could plug into this little thing, and it made it work anywhere. I'm so angry I didn't get that plan. That was a great plan. I know some friends who still have it. Yes, they're still out there. They did discontinue it, so you can't buy it anymore. Um, then there was a, eight, or Verizon actually offered, through Verizon themselves, they offered a prepaid unlimited mm-hmm. jetpack um, about a year ago. And again, that was, that was a great plan. I wish I had picked up another one just because I don't have one like that. Um, they discontinued that plan as well, but I know families that are still using that plan. So, you know, my suggestion is get out there, go to, uh, if you if you like Reddit, there's plenty of, of Reddit subreddits on, on mobile RV internet. Uh, there's a main group on, there's a great group on, on Facebook called mobile, or RV mobile internet. If you search Facebook, you'll find them. Um, and they, they'll help you really connect and you'll see if, if another plan comes out, they'll give you that chance to, to purchase it when it's available. All right, so um, what, what are your add-ons, Todd? So you, you don't just have a, you know, a Verizon MiFi, you must have a router or something else that you connect with it. I do. Um, so I have a, whatever unit happens to be stronger wherever I am, I have a, a PepWave um, mobile router that I connect to it, and that gives me the ability to take that, that jetpack or that mobile hotspot and broadcast it to a, um, at, at, to a greater distance. So my daughter, who's in the, the toy hauler part of my RV, has internet back there. Um, and then uh, on both my AT&T and my Verizon mobile hotspots, I have those the little MIMO antennas. They're, they're little little flat black plastic things that plug into the to the mobile hotspot. They help uh, pick up a signal. And then when I really need help, um, I do have a WeBoost, a WeBoost RV, uh, which is a cellular booster. Um, I've had to modify mine a bit. I put an uh, omnidirectional antenna on it that I, I have on a, a big, long, extendable pole gets it way up in the air um you know talking about we boosts and, and other boosters like that they're pricey and i think mine costs about 500 bucks to buy my we boost maybe a little over that um and they're not perfect but uh you know they will you can get to an area where you have one bar and uh somewhat slow internet you can throw that booster on and it's not going to make it perfect but it's going to get you up to two or three bars and it's going to increase your speed I, I know for me at least where i can get to to the point where i can do uh, my video conference calls Nice. You know, actually, it's it's funny. Um, my sim my system is fairly similar with some slight differences. So I don't use a PepWave router. I use a Cradle Point router. Uh, this is my second second iteration of a Cradle Point router. And and the question might be, why would I use a router like a Cradle Point or a PepWave? 
and uh, for, for you, Todd, it's to boost it. But for me, it's, it's for reasons of laziness because I don't want to connect to a different um, Wi-Fi network every time I change which Wi-Fi I'm using. Right. So I use the Cradle Point kind of as a, uh, a collector, if you would. So all my routers, uh, I'm sorry, all my internet devices connect to that uh, Cradle Point router. And so my TVs and my smart devices and all my laptops, they always connect to this Cradle Point router. That's always consistent, no matter which internet source I'm using. Right. And, and that really makes it convenient for, for us. So it's, it's almost like we're in a, in a normal house where the Wi-Fi is always the same because um, it's the same for them. And that Cradle Point has another feature, and I'm sure the Pep Wave does too. Um, it can limit the amount of data that it uses from each of my internet sources. So my AT&T device is limited to 250 gigabytes. So I have a rule set once it reaches 230 or 240 gigabytes. It, it stops using that device for the month for a period of 30 days. Um, and then it moves on to the next internet source. And then once it uses that data, it moves to the next one, right? So it's a, just a rolling a rolling list. And if it's not available, it just skips it. Um, so it seems simple, but it's, it's great little rules that allow it to be um, pretty simple. So I use a Cradle Point. If I was gonna start again, I would probably use a Pep Wave. I'll be honest, I'm still looking at some Pep Waves because they have what's called, um, is it bonding? Yes. Yeah. Do you have that on yours? Unfortunately, I do not have the bonding on mine. That my, my router is the step below bonding, but... Okay. And, and bonding is um, the ability to combine multiple internet sources to... to um, so if you had... If each of your sources was to provide, say, a megabyte down, you would then be able to connect it two megabytes, right? It, it adds up all of your possible sources to provide you a single... Greater stream, yep. greater stream. Um, so bonding seems like a nice feature. I might upgrade to a PepWave just to get that feature. Um, and then I use uh, some MIMO antennas, MIMO, which is, I believe it's multiple in, multiple out. Um, and they just are suction cups to the windows. Uh, I use that on my primary Verizon plan. That seems to be the best option. Um, but I also do have a WeBoost that I, I use primarily for my AT&T. And that just boosts it whenever I'm out west or somewhere with vague service. I don't have a huge fancy antenna like you do, Todd. Uh, I'm actually quite intimidated by the size of your antenna. And uh, so I'm, I'm not even gonna put mine up, but. Um, yes, yeah, the, the antenna I finally did, actually that was when I when I was I was in Moab and we were boondocking and uh, the internet was just frustrating the heck out of me. And uh, I had a few days off, so I took that time to go out and get my antenna and all my extensions and, make it so it was high enough to get the service I wanted. Uh, you know, one other thing I, I do want to mention, and, and my technique's a little bit different than Dustin's, I do have the PepWave, which is my main source. I have another router that'll, that will um, help to broadcast my other source. So usually I have my Verizon connected to my, my PepWave and my, my AT&T to the other router. Uh, but for me, another big thing is, is Ethernet. So myself, I'm a gamer, my son's a gamer. Um, we play a lot of Xbox and you wouldn't think it, but when you get into a park with a lot of other people who are broadcasting their Wi-Fi signal, um, while your cellular signal might be strong, your Wi-Fi gets messed up because there's all kinds of confusing data bouncing around from, from everybody else's Wi-Fi. So when my my internet source is connected to my PEP wave, I actually ran Ethernet cables throughout my RV. I have Ethernet going straight to my Xbox. I have Ethernet going straight to my TV. So if I want to watch a you know a Hulu a Hulu TV show. 
Um, I'm not getting interfered by other people's Wi-Fi. It's a straight here connect. I hear you. I think that's called uh, was it channel interference. Yes. There's only so many channels on on you know your Wi-Fi, um, and uh, using Ethernet just kind of avoids that. Especially when I'm at a park with other families, right? I have I can't count how many Wi-Fi sources I have. Probably ten or more, and um, that's fine when it's just me, but when I'm parked next to Todd, he probably has 10. And All if right. we're parked next to another family, oh goodness, suddenly uh, everything is overloaded. So those Ethernets uh, really save us. And shout out to uh, a friend, Chris Jacobs, who uh, ran Ethernet cables all through through my last RV. That was super helpful um, to have. It seems so, so old school now with wireless, but Ethernet cables are awesome. Yeah, Ethernet makes a big difference unless you get that, that solid internet connection throughout your rig. Wow, lots of uh, great information there, Todd. Um, I feel like we could probably talk all night about this. Um, but my, my glass of bourbon is, is getting to the end, so we should probably wrap up this topic so we don't bore anyone. Um, so the more important question is, if, if I was a newer family hitting the road and I wanted a good, affordable internet um, setup, what would you recommend? So that's a tough one. Um, like I mentioned earlier, I would recommend anyone interested in going on the road start paying attention to what's out there. Um, every now and then these... these golden eggs drop and they're usually available for a short period of time and you got to grab one up fast um, but I would probably start with a prepaid unlimited uh, probably like something like a visible we talked about visible uh, it's a great option especially when you're connecting to a Verizon tower mm-hmm. um, or Google Fi Google Fi yeah that's unlimited now so yeah I, I, that's what I would recommend Todd if I was launching today I would grab a, a visible plan uh, $25 a month on a on a group plan it's super great i think it starts at 40 dollars, but if you sign up your friends it's 25 bucks a month um or google fi i would do visible or google fi um but you could look into a reseller there's a lot of them there are a lot of resellers out there and and just do a little searching on the internet you'll find some of them and some of them are great uh you know one word of caution i would have with some of the resellers and and this is not all of them but there have been resellers that that uh, i know friends have gotten burned by where uh, they're offering an unlimited plan, but maybe they are breaking the rules to do that, and it really shouldn't be. And what has happened is AT&T or Verizon or T-Mobile, whoever service they're using, will discover it, and they'll shut them down, and they'll shut them down fast. So you'll go from having an unlimited plan that you're spending 200 bucks a month on to having nothing um, and stuck with their equipment. So just a word of caution, if you're going to go with a reseller, there's some great ones out there, just do some research on them and... Uh, you know, just be aware that you might want to have some backups because there could be a come a day when they're just shut down. Absolutely. Um, so on top of that, I would probably go with a uh, Mimo antenna because they're so darn affordable for what you get out of it. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. The, uh, the Mimo antennas are great. Uh, you know, with the Mimo antennas, you do need two TS9 connectors to connect them to your device. So if you get a, a mobile hotspot or a jetpack. Um, you have to make sure you got two TS9 connectors. Uh, they're little tiny jacks. They look almost like a like a super miniature coax uh, that pop in there. And uh, actually, we were prepping for this episode, and I said, you know, it won't work on a cell phone. But Dustin, you mentioned. Yeah, some of the cell phones, Android devices, that is, 
Um, if the back comes off from, they usually have a couple TS9 connectors on the back. So um, check your phone if the cover, the back cover comes off. A lot of the older ones had them. Um, some of the newer ones don't, but um, yeah, your cell phone might have it, but if it's a MiFi or a, uh, you know, a jetpack, then it probably has those connectors on the side or the back of it, you know, in preparation for that. So um, I think those two things, having some kind of prepaid unlimited with a MiFi, uh, I'm sorry, a MIMO antenna, uh, would really be a great setup to start with. Um, one other mention, if you do want to get an amplifier like a WeBoost, um, and there's other brands of amplifiers, um, I'm really cheap, so I bought mine on Amazon, but Amazon has uh, refurbished um, and scratch and dents of WeBoost all the time. So you can usually find them for $100 or $150 off. Um, they've been pre-opened, they might have a scratch on them, they may have been returned, but they're guaranteed for a certain period of time. So a great way to save a couple bucks on a device that you're going to use. Um, it's it's a critical part of my arsenal. So, Yeah, for sure. And, and if you do go down the road of, of buying a WeBoost, and, and I do recommend it, I have one, and, and there's been some spots we've we've stayed that without the WeBoost, I, I couldn't have stayed there. So, you know, if, if it's critical that you have internet and you really do want to to be able to go in some more remote locations, it is pretty invaluable but keep in mind the an amplifier like that that doesn't create service for sure. if there is none it only boosts it if there is some so you need some level of service for a wee boost to work so you need yep. a bar of service on your phone for instance or two bars and then the amplifier will just boost that service maybe give you a little more throughput yeah absolutely and and they can, they can be a little tricky to set up um you know i know mine came with a a uh, pretty powerful interior antenna and an exterior antenna and never the two shall meet if, if you get your your exterior antenna starts picking up your interior your interior antenna uh it just doesn't work it basically shuts it down and you have no boost at all so that's part of the reason why my my uh, exterior antenna goes up so far into the air uh so that it doesn't interfere with my interior antenna yeah read the directions i think it's like six to ten feet so you want um, not only six to ten feet of, of horizontal distance, but also vertical distance. Um, Correct. So they don't, you know, kind of feed back into each other. And that can be hard in an RV. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, it's funny you say six to ten feet. The, the particular model that I have is 40 feet. I have to have 40 feet of separation. Wow, that must be strong. So it's very strong, but that's part of my problem. My RV is 40 feet long, so <laughs> I, uh, I don't have a lot of room to play with. Um, you know, I will say... Uh, WeBoost customer support was fantastic for me. I had I had some trouble in the beginning getting mine, getting the the distance I needed, and getting some other things set up. And uh, they were they were invaluable to, uh, to as far as their support and helping me get what I needed to get to work. Awesome. Well, great uh, great topic here, Todd. I think um, if someone has questions, any of our listeners have questions, uh, how could they reach out to us? Well, there's uh, quite a few ways. Come to our Facebook page. Come to our Instagram page. Um, you know, send some questions over that. We'll be happy to answer them. You can also reach us via email. Uh, my email is, it's easy. It's Todd at RVingDads.com. And oh, and mine's Dustin at RVingDads.com. Both very easy. Uh, we'd love to take your questions. We'd love to help you uh, or direct you to someone who might know more about it. Um, but uh, we're always around answering questions. And um, maybe we should wrap up with our sponsors here, of course, as always, full-time families. But especially for this episode, we have... Uh, Nomadic Souls Gear. Uh, make sure you go to nomadicsoulsgear.com. Check out what there is. Uh, there's quite a few offerings. I mean, the big one for us right now is the, the Campfire Guest Book. Absolutely. I, I think I would have you sign the first page, Todd. Excellent. Is that just because I know stuff about the internet? You do. Yeah, you're, you're an important <laughs> friend now. 
Right. I see how you pick your friends. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for, uh, I was going to say thanks for tuning in, but I guess the podcast, you're really not tuning in. You're showing your age. Yeah, I think I am. Thanks for hitting play, I guess, on the podcast. We appreciate that. So uh, I guess we're going to end it here. Uh, we certainly hope you found some value in this podcast, if only for entertainment. <laughs>